Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello everyone and welcome to Streaming in Place. We are back to talk about Lucifer Season 3, Episode 19, Orange is the New Maze. And we were talking earlier this week about, or I, let me be clear, I was talking earlier this week about how I've been having, part of why I've been having so much trouble with parts of the season is because there are storylines that I think are not working for most of my favorite characters. And then Allison helps me with this episode because she sent a text that was a tweet from Leslie and Brandt talking about everything going on right now. And so, uh, and it was just amazing. And as if I didn't appreciate her work on the show enough, there was just like a string of tweets yelling at people who apparently have been like pestering her about when is season five gonna come onto Netflix right now? Like, like now, like this week, while she is actively supporting all the protests going on and trying to amplify voices and like using her platform very specifically, very intentionally, people go like, so, but like, when's Netflix gonna release this season? To the point where she just had to start cursing at people. So, yeah, it, it, there. Are th- I actually ended up liking this episode a lot more than I remembered. Um, because Leslie Ann Brandt rules? Because she's great, and because there are problems with everything happening with Maze, but, um, but it's still, again, because Brandt is really good in this role. And so when you add into that just a level of standing I don't get into usually for celebrities, I might have to follow her on Twitter. I don't follow any actors on Twitter at all. I might have to follow Leslie Ann Brandt. So we'll see. At least for a little while. At least for a while. I don't know. Um, So Leslie and Brandt is amazing. And yes, people, no one gives a shit. I mean, lots of people care. But right now, no one gives a shit when Lucifer Season 5 is going to happen. Lucifer Season 6 looks like might happen. Yay, I'm a Lucifer fan. I'm excited about that. But is that what we should be tweeting about and actively, like, poking people about? No. No. Oh, my God. (sighs) So anyways... Yay, Leslie Ann Brandt. And not just for her activism, not just for her sense of of humor and uh, the lack thereof as appropriate, but also because she's a damn good actor and she's really good in this episode. So, yes. Also, like, world-class deployment of curse words. Yeah. Um, There's some C-bombs in there that were just like chef's kiss. Which is... The least important aspect of this, but man, she can really curse. It's an art and she is good at it. Uh, so if you want to be um, bolstered uh, by celebrities actively saying, I don't give a hoot <laughs> what you think of me. And if you really think I'm worried about career moves right now, then you can uh, ask Lucifer to take you home. <laughs> Hey, see what I did? Uh, Then I encourage you to check out her Twitter feed because she's on a roll. Um, Her and John Boyega, man, (laughs) and and uh, Seth Rogen and Nick Zano, Mm -hmm. just being real menches and very angry on Twitter and in real life. So we 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 appreciate Leslie and Brandt. Let's talk about this episode, Orange is a New Maze. I'm curious how you guys like felt about it, how it worked for you. Because for me, I was watching this going like, okay, 
Brant is selling all of this May stuff so well. Um, it's very stupid that this is coming coming from a place of Linda and Amenadiel want to date. But if I separate my brain from that part of it, that instigating factor, I think a lot of this episode of her stuff works. Um, am I just like looking for lifelines in this part of the season? Or are you, what do you guys think? I mean, maybe. Mostly I was trying to figure out why there was a vineyard in Los Angeles. Well, I think you said it's a two-hour drive. Well, then it's not Los Angeles anymore, is it? I mean, it could be. (laughs) Only two hours from the beach. Well, foreign traffic. Yeah. um, I, 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 I have a really, like, as someone who's, like, tried to separate stuff from the bad instigating type stuff um, multiple times when reviewing television shows. Um, the varying degrees of success I've had with that um, just make it difficult to really latch on to what they're doing here. Um, I just, I find it, it, I think it mostly boils down to the fact that there's not enough of an emotional arc for Maze overall, I think to justify the way that this becomes a larger eruption of underlying issues for her um, from Menadiel and Linda, which still just doesn't make any sense to how she's treated by Lucifer really consistently. And ar- arguably that aspect of the show, her relationship with Lucifer is what should be driving a lot more of this action and, um, and because it's not, and because it only comes to the forefront really in this episode, it's really difficult to really enjoy everything. Even if, like, I do sort of enjoy the really kind of clever frame-up job that the winery ends up doing. Um, even if everything that caused it happened off-screen, um, it's still clever and it's still interesting and it's very sort of like old Rockford-esque sort of frame-up job type of deal that I really, really appreciate. But because of all the other character stuff around it, the the the, the character momentum that should be driving that forward just doesn't hit as hard as I want it to, which means that the thing at the end doesn't mean anything to me as much as it should. And that's kind of a problem. Um, I'm still sad about the thing at the end, but I'm also like, but I know this is going to work out okay. (laughs) Because the show hasn't invested enough time in making me think that it's not going to work out okay. Yeah, I'm not sure I can really say that any better. I feel very, I think it worked slightly better for me than it did for you, but my issues with it are exactly the same which is that I think if you took this episode almost exactly as is and Marcus says if you remove every single scene with Bland I liked most of it and that's pretty much how I feel um uh give or take like a little Chloe moment here or there which I'm sure we'll talk about but um the maze stuff I think if if the episode was pretty much exactly the same and the Linda Amenadiel stuff maybe it wouldn't even be tweaked if it had just been better executed um, 
But if this episode was as is, and we just had a more clearly defined arc leading up to this, we had a more insight into what exactly is going on with Maze, so that when we arrived at this breaking point for her, where she just wants to leave because having feelings is too complicated, and no one cares about her as much as she cares about them, at least as she perceives it, and all of that stuff, then that, I think, would be really effective uh, and would make perfect sense as to why it is that in this situation she would turn to no one. Um, so I, um, yeah, I, I, it's frustrating. Like, it works okay for me, and Kate, I'm glad it worked for you better than it has in the past. Uh, but it feels like the kind of episode that they arrived at without actually hitting all the places on the map, get, getting to that point, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I think a bigger part of that they they aren't dealing with that they should be dealing with more is her guilt. Um, knowing, like, especially with Trixie, right? And even, like, if there was a sense of guilt around her blowing up about the Linda Amenadiel thing, but she can't... Like, like, wait, because Linda has made some point, like, I was really happy and I sacrificed that because of, you know, like, if she can't bring herself to own that and, and some of these other different things, like, if there was just more nuance to the setup, I agree, Alison, I think a lot of this could stay the same and it would have worked a lot, even a lot better. Um, and the, some of that is just the difficulty of having a character who, by definition, has very few friends and therefore very few people she can talk to about this stuff. Like, honestly, maybe the best person they could have had her talking to about this stuff would be Trixie. Would have been Trixie earlier in the season. Um, because she wouldn't talk to anybody else. Uh, she might talk to Lucifer, but they are so focused on Lucifer Pierce stuff that that's not enough. You know what I mean? There's only so many options. Or come up with a way for her to write something or like an overinvested, like they've been doing all season with different pop culture things, you know, and get some insight that way. Like we needed more, we've need more, needed more insight into where she's coming from for these other beats to land. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was watching this going like, I think she's making a really good point about she's everybody's second most important person. Yeah. If they had made that, if the, and if they, so the Linda Menadiel thing is not about, that but it's about she's already gone from the most important person to lucifer to the second most important she left hell for this person she completely has started she can't go back right is the sense you get earlier she can't leave him and he has moved on to someone more important which is chloe and then you add she's only has like a couple of friends total and another one seems to be doing that then i think that makes way more sense than just because I said, please don't, because I don't want to, I don't want you to, <laughs> I don't want you to date. So, um, I think, yeah, the, the individual scenes in this episode, I was like, Rant was selling me on it. And then I, and then I would go like, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, 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 this is dumb. This is dumb. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> um, Scotty says, it's frustrating and irritating because while the impetus is, is different, Maze and Linda, Rant's performance is the only reason this isn't more maddening. These are beats we've hit before. We've hit this. Lucifer is selfish. She doesn't fucking listen and takes me for granted before. In almost the exact same way, her lashing out at Trixie and her emotional peak is new in this episode. But the fact that we've done this dance before robs it of its power. And yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 
Okay. I don't think we have anything else to say about that. And that'll be streaming in place for this week. Yeah. Thank you, Scotty, for doing our jobs for us. The the other thing also is is it just very much feels like they wanted to get to the end point of a maze Kane Pierce bland t- team up. Yeah. And so they're like, what can we do to get it to the point where, oh, and Maze is on the as on board, right? And so then this all other all this other stuff feels like worked backwards from. Mm. Um, as opposed to, you know, it's it's the architecture, architect versus gardener, George R. R. Martin like storytelling option thing. It feels very architect and not gardener enough. Um, yeah. So I do like the next episode, so I like some of what we get from it, but it's not worth it. Um, yeah. Shall we talk about, uh, let's, let's talk about, let's rip off the band-aid. Let's talk about, um, Cla- uh, Chloe and Bland. And- oh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> to the bar card. Yeah. And we're, this is just whiskey this time. There's, it's not Irish cream, just some whiskey, coffee. Oh, I have thoughts. Let's hear her. I'm sorry. That was me putting the lid in the bottle a little more enthusiastically than I needed to. <laughs> um, uh, I don't buy for a single second that Chloe Decker would say, hey, person I've been dating for five minutes, are you implying that I can't be friends with my partner and that you are threatened by a piece of jewelry? Because I don't... like." I don't buy that she would go, okay, that seems rational. I don't buy it. And I know that there are lots of strong, thoughtful, independent women who find themselves, and men, who find themselves in situations where they make sacrifices in their personal lives they would never have imagined because they're attracted attracted to someone or they feel attached or they feel lonely or they're frightened. And that absolutely happens. And I think there is a chance that I would buy that of Chloe uh, were there any reason to believe that she is in a position where that's the kind of thing that she needs? But I don't buy it at all. I don't, I, I don't, in addition to the fact that I don't see any of this chemistry that Lucifer really wants us to believe they have at all. I don't like, she got on a motorcycle behind him and it was the least hot thing I've seen all week. And I cleaned my bathroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, if riding a motorcycle together isn't hot, then you have negative chemistry. Motorcycle is the default. Hey, look, this is hot. We have chemistry position. You could put a sack of potatoes behind Tom Ellis on a motorcycle and I'd be like, ooh, yeah, get it. There's nothing, zero. So in addition to that, it just doesn't actually make any sense to me that one of the most important relationships in Chloe's life, easily one of the most important relationships in her life, someone who has saved her life multiple times, who has certainly hurt her, but has also helped her a lot and they've helped each other grow and all of that stuff that we're meant to believe is really important. And I think that it is that she would be so willing for a dude she's known for five minutes to be like, yeah, okay, sure. Absolutely. I'm going to prioritize you over this person that I know intimately, who yes, is sort of garbage sometimes, but who I understand and who I trust and who isn't a, heap of dog shit with great arms she wouldn't do it just for the arms well now tell us how you feel about chloe's relationship (laughs) with lucifer because that's how you were describing chloe and dan's relationship with what (laughs) (laughs) oh 
Okay. I'm just gonna, <laughs> it, it's gonna get so much worse. Oh God. It is. It will get better. But first it's gonna get worse. Um, yeah, I, everything Allison said is correct. Um, I, there's just nothing there. Um, and it's really just, it's very frustrating that they want us to believe that there's something there. Um, both on like a chemistry level, but also just like, I'm just, I see, I can see Lauren German just straining against the fact of, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. This doesn't make sense to me as an actor, the one who plays this character, but I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah. But you can just see her, like, I, I just see her straining against the script going like, none of this makes any sense. I'm not overthinking it this time. It just literally doesn't make sense. Um, and so I'm going to shift into this coquettish... <laughs> sort of mode that she hits with Pierce, like, and has consistently through this season, but, like, it's just ramping up a lot in this episode in particular, and it just doesn't make, it just doesn't work, and then the timeline's real muddied in terms of, wait, I'm sorry, I'm confused. How long have you been together? Has it been as long as London and Menadiel? Because I'm still really confused, because that was an epic love that lasted two weeks. <laughs> How long have you two been together? Oh, woo! Yes! Oh, um, we're all salty today. I'm very tired. I got maybe four hours of sleep, so... Hey, hey Noel, where's your coffee? You want some? <laughs> I, I, I don't drink coffee, and I don't drink... I drink gin. We've had this discussion. Uh, hey, where's what? your tonic? Do you want some? <laughs> I actually drink it straight or with ginger ale we've had this discussion. hey where's your ice cube do you want some <laughs> i do have ice cubes um so it's just it's just really kind of blah and so i'm gonna turn over to like the commenters because i the people in the chat because mark says in regards to all of this and with someone more charismatic than kane yes if it was more charismatic than kane if it was dan i'd understand the back oh yeah Oh my um, God. If this was a Dan storyline where they were yes. reconnecting, I would be distraught. Yes. I would no, be very would emotionally invested. Because yeah. Dan's done so much work on himself that you can understand it. Yeah. And she, maybe she would have been jealous because of his connection with Charlotte. And like, yeah. and then Trixie is a complicating factor. Yeah. And then the Scotty's, audacity. Scotty's whole comment here is excellent for two reasons because of the fashion comment. Yes. Because I very firmly agree with the fashion comment and the rest of it is also correct. First of all, Chloe's crochet beach cover-up is baffling and absurd, and I reject it entirely. You're Co-signed. Here. Yeah. Yes. Second of all, it has to be an ethical violation for him to date someone he has command over and has to be against the rules. I reject everything about this so hard. But Lucifer doesn't care about rules as a television show. <laughs> As a police precinct type thing, they just don't care. So there's no HR paperwork. There's nothing that they have to fill out. Um, and it's just very mind-boggling. Um, Keenan is half listening because they're on a work call, which I feel like is the best way to consume this episode. Um, <laughs> not our episode of this discussion. I meant the episode of Lucifer. Um, but if this is about the alleged relationship between Chloe and Bland, I also reject it so hard. Um, so... It's yeah. just all 
it's blah. And it's what's really, what's kind of really frustrating for me is that I'm really actively engaged in everything that's happening with Charlotte because I feel like everything around her is crumbling and I'm very, very worried about her. Yeah. 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 So anyway. Yeah. It makes one more point at the end here that I think is right on, which is Lucifer should care about, sorry, all caps. Lucifer should care about the rules because only then it matters if the devil breaks them, which I think is a really good point. Um, and also that, it, I mean, it sh- that should be a reflection on Cain, right? This yeah. should be an, yet another mark against him. Oh, I see um, what you did there. See you <laughs> did there. <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> um, it really should count against him, right? Like it really, this is, in addition to all of the other really terrible stuff, this should be something that calls everything about him into question in terms of who he is as a character and his um, morality and sense of rightness and whether or not he gives even half of a damn about other people, all of that stuff. Uh, but I don't think the show expects us to care about that at all. It's their investment in the office, the police station as a workplace is basically zilch uh, because they also, Dan arrests Mays without hesitation, which is what he should do because she brought a knife into the police station, which by the way, there's absolutely no way that Mays doesn't do jail time, but whatever they look the other way as they so often do. Uh, but she just reminded him that they killed a guy together. Uh, maybe he would hesitate a little bit about putting her in an interrogation room with people he works with. Lest she say, well, I mean, I'm not sure why this time I'm in trouble. Dan and I killed a guy together last year. Right? Like, ugh. Oh, did Nancy show up? Yeah. yeah, I jumped behind you. And ran <laughs> She's a good kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um. Can you guys see my my confusion around like this? The show want us to like or at least be interested in Pierce, knowing that this is where we were headed, right? Yeah. It's like, what else can it be if they're trying so hard to get us on board with this ship? And if they if the point is this like. Like the palate rebels, like visceral no that we're all having, then it's happening for way too long. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that that we are definitely supposed to be anti Pierce for mm-hmm. lots of reasons. If only because in this episode, Dan uses an example of you fall in love with a woman and she has a cat, so you put up with the cat. And he says, "I would get rid of the cat." Yeah. So you know he's garbage. <laughs> yeah, like sure sign that you are psychotic. No, you don't get rid of, no. Nancy, I'm so sorry that you had to hear that. Yeah, yep. It's also, I mean, there's just, it's just text. It's like, there's so many red flags about abusive controlling behavior starting out immediately with like the, oh, I've got tickets for a show. So when are we going? I'm taking this ticket now and I'm just trusting that you are going to feel too pressured by this social situation to say, no, actually my boss, I don't want to go out on a date with you. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, that just, that that's where they start. And then later if, in this, ep- he's also gaslighting her. Right. Cause in this episode, he says like, well, you asked me out first. It's like, no, you horned your way into a concert. She should have gone to with Trixie. That is not her asking, you know, like, so and it, it's just immediately from the very start. And yeah, that tracks with what we know about him. But if the, if we're supposed to be in any way on board with this or buying into Chloe's, like 
even if we aren't on board, it needs to make sense for Chloe to make be making some of these choices or, you know, be at the, the, the level of invested in this relationship that she is so far, right? Mm-hmm. That's where it's off. Because we don't have to like Pierce. That's, they're not saying we have to like Pierce. There's like, but we should buy into Chloe's process and decision-making and they, yeah. Yeah. Marcus says, I think Chloe has things to work out in therapy and yes. She really does. Credit to Lauren German. The moment when she took off the necklace was like really upsetting. Um, And I think that that is an acting thing, not a script thing, because I think we're supposed to think that was sweet from a writing perspective. The way she took it off, it was incredibly uncomfortable. It's like, no, Chloe, what are you doing? No, oh my God, that's just, you are a, you are an adult woman. You are allowed to have friendships and you're allowed to wear jewelry. Yeah. Yes. But the Charlotte stuff was really good. It was. It was. So. Oh, Lucifer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, any, uh, let's, what do we think about the, <laughs> I still continue to enjoy all where Linda's at with Amenadiel and Charlotte. Uh, on all I, I'm enjoying that part of the dynamic um, I thought that the the the, the Linda and Amenadiel scene worked um, and he and it, like explaining where he's coming from and being so forthright with Charlotte also as being part of him spinning from their relationship ending um, I thought that that stuff worked pretty well but I mean just Trisha Helfer goddamn pro she's so good she's so good why isn't she in all of the things I mean, they, they, they brought her back on after, like, writing the character off, right? So clearly she must be good to work with or they wouldn't have brought her back, right? So it shouldn't be that. So why isn't she on all of the things? Well, she did She did have that ABC series that went nowhere. She's got a show right now. She's playing Dracula or something? On um, Van Helsing. Yeah. Which okay. I have not seen. Um, but there she is. Yeah. Marcus says Trisha Helpless, but... Trisha Helfer has been the lifeline for this part of the season. And yeah. Yeah. For real. Really, really, really good. And I like that they went such a different, I mean, like on the scale of trauma, devil face versus angelic wings, it's like a different level of trauma. <laughs> um, so I, I thought that going such a different way with her reaction was, was lovely. And um, yes, I am also concerned for her. Well, and you should be because you know what happens. <laughs> Just based on this episode though. Okay. Allison, any thoughts on on Charlotte? Um, You know, I, uh, she's great. Uh, I cannot believe how badly both, I both cannot and of course can believe how badly both Lucifer and Amenadiel handled things. Although I feel like they made the right call and like ripping the bandaid all the way off since they had already done so much damage to this poor woman. Um, and that final moment of hers where she's obviously horrified and terrified and flabbergasted and awed and all of the other things that you would be in that scenario, um, but also relieved, really resonated with me. I spent all day yesterday watching the screeners for the second season of Dirty John. So I'm a little bit um, over my max capacity for women being uh gaslit and convinced that they're crazy when they're not um which is always upsetting and in this case there is there is a good reason for it right like it's not this is the kind of thing that could break anybody so there is good reason that they did not tell her the whole truth but i think once the 
you know, the tiger was out of the cage, they did the right thing and just sort of disclosing fully. And Helter was so good in that final moment. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this episode? We haven't talked about the case of the week much. I like, oh, I enjoyed Ella's scene with Lucifer, even if I don't buy for a second. They're trying to push the all the 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 chemistry right with Chloe and Bland, and they're using Ella to do it, and I don't buy for a second. But I enjoyed the the the, the Ella part of that. Like, if I were to buy into the stuff that's not in that scene, like, so if I just look at that scene, I enjoyed her in that. Um, and I did really like the notion, like my mom cackled. I did really like the notion of Lucifer as Chloe's cat. <laughs> I think that that does work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to shout out a, like a very good prop gag, which is after Lucifer is finally convinced that Mays did not in fact do it. And he immediately goes to, well, we have to get her out. We have to find her something she could use to escape. And first he grabs a stapler and then he grabs a sandwich. Um, which is like, first, it's just the first two things he sees. And second, I 100% buy that Mays could escape with either a stapler or a sandwich. Um, so considering she escapes with a hug, two hugs, really. So, um, yeah, I thought that was a, I, I literally lolled at the sandwich in particular, a very satisfying side gag. Whereas for me, the best side gag was completely unintentional with, which is how well that lady that ran the vineyard threw that wine bottle <laughs> because it was a f-ing shuriken um, of a throw, right? And like the CG for, for like just to whip past Leslie and Brandt's head is great. But at the same time, there's a little too much mustard on that wine bottle (laughs) and it's just spinning as opposed to like a person throwing that shouldn't, it shouldn't be spinning like that. Her like casual lean to the side was great. Yeah. And it wasn't even like a huge lean to the side. It was just like a little bit of one, um, like akin to like what they did with my culture and Luke Cage a lot where people punch him and he just looks at them and then goes, nah, (laughs) <laughs> which is the best thing about Luke Cage sometimes um, is watching people try to hit Mike Coulter and him just go, yeah, that this d- doesn't feel anything. <laughs> I also enjoyed Lucifer bent like Looney Tunes in the shotgun and being like, yes. I always wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So there, was, there were some good things here. Some, some fun little moments. Um, our, this is going to wrap up our conversation about Orange is the New Maze. Our next episode is The Angel of San Bernardino. Um, Located and, well outside of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, and and I, I I fear I have overhyped this one. This still has all the same problems of season three. There's just like a good montage. and There's some fun stuff in here. So I look forward yeah. to my partner's worried about the same thing of like, I think I've overhyped this for you and it's not going to live up to the expectations I've set over the past year. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's an entertaining episode of Lucifer, oh, this sounds so shady, but my expectations will be exceeded because I just, <laughs> I've been, I've been pretty bored. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's, if it's decent, I'm going to be like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> So yeah, um, more on that tomorrow. I look forward to, yes, I look forward to everything that, uh, that you guys have to say. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Kate. <laughs> well, just cause like, 
Hey, I can't wait to play poker with you. I really can't. It's going to just it's going to be the best day. I'm going to take all your money. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, yeah. Cuz like there's things coming but I'm not sure exactly when all of them happen, so um I think we'll be fine tomorrow. So, I think Laura. my favorite thing Kate when we yeah. have these moments is you going so um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I don't know what it means, but it does not bode well. So it's my favorite part of this. <laughs> trying to hide whatever's behind those yes. Yeah. Well, um, Marcus knows. And Keith knows. <laughs> More on that later this week and next week. Um, that's going to wrap it up for us today. So thank you to Scotty and Keenan and Marcus for hanging out with us in the Zoom. Thank you to everybody listening. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye.